Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Today we turn our focus back to the emerging markets as we explore the implications of U.S. inflation pickup to EM assets, as well as check in on some key political developments in both Central and South America. So joining me here on the line for the conversation today, I'm glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Alejo Zerwanko, the Chief Investment Officer for Emerging Markets. Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So, Alejo, good morning to you. Welcome back to the podcast. Always great to be with you and looking forward to checking in on the emerging markets with you today. Good morning, Dan. It's always great to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. So, Alejo, perhaps we can begin with how I intro the podcast, checking in on inflation. And there has been a lot of accelerating talk about U.S. inflation as of late. I know it's a topic that I've talked about with several of your colleagues over at the Chief Investment Office in recent weeks. Now, in context to the nature of our conversation this morning, the emerging markets, should investors be concerned about inflation picking up in the emerging markets as well? As you can imagine, Dan, since April's shocking inflation print in the U.S., just about every conversation we've held with clients and investors has revolved around the outlook for U.S. inflation. Now, uh, it's interesting that the awakening of inflationary spirits is hardly a U.S.-centric phenomenon. Emerging markets have been seeing inflation numbers inch up for a number of months uh, already. Now, we expect price pressures to remain elevated in the near term, both in the United States and in emerging markets. As the global economy reopens, progress is far from even across industries and across geographies, leading to distorted supply-demand dynamics as temporary shortages in certain products and services services emerge. Now, the other factor has to do with commodity prices, which have been increasing. Uh, These increases have been at the core of the global reflationary trend, and we do expect further gains from current levels with the backdrop being most supportive of energy and base metal prices in coming months. Yet a number of factors that we think should keep inflation uh, in check as we look into next year. First of all, there's enough slack in the labor market of key economists to prevent an unhealthy rise in wages that could make high inflation more persistent. In addition, Most countries have sustained capacity during the pandemic thanks to widespread fiscal support at the same time that business creation rates have shot up in in many countries as well. Add to that the fact that automation in select sectors has increased productivity. Population aging remains a global deflationary force. And we're also unlikely to experience a commodity super cycle comparable to that of the early 2000s, in which, um, you know, back then that super cycle was driven by the now largely completed urbanization process of China. So all in then, uh, we do think price pressures will remain elevated in the near term, yet uh, inflation pressure should be kept in check for the reasons that we described looking into next year. We will keep a close eye on inflation expectations globally to gauge whether 
a self-fulfilling inflation narrative could take hold. Okay, so inflation is clearly not a concern exclusive to the U.S. It's a risk that emerging market investors must be cognizant of as well, though encouraging to hear that there are means of keeping inflation in check that you just shared with us, Alejo. Nonetheless, maybe a good time to explore some investment implications and share that with our listeners, our clients this morning, maybe starting with emerging market stocks. Of course, Dan. Look, in in our analysis, an environment of moderate inflation on the back of a continued economic reopening and accelerated vaccination drive is supportive of emerging market assets, equities in particular. When you look at things historically, a 1% increase in commodity prices has resulted in a 0.5% gain in emerging market equities in U.S. dollar terms. In addition, higher commodity prices should act as a balm over some of the economic, social, and political scars the pandemic has left on countries such as Chile, Russia, Peru, South Africa, Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, the largest commodity exporters in the emerging world. Of course, we do think that there can can certainly be too much of a good thing when it comes to rising prices. Domestic inflationary pressures have already pushed central banks in Brazil, Russia, and Turkey to hike interest rates, raising domestic cost of capital and pouring some cold water on the recovery uh, in these countries. Uh, Emerging market economies and assets could face more severe headwinds should the central bank moves foreshadow a U.S. Fed policy shift, right? So all eyes on the Fed, we think that monetary policy will remain accommodative in the U.S., but if this assumption were to be proven wrong, then emerging markets, of course, will face an uphill uphill battle. Uh, In addition, finally, one interesting risk to keep a close eye on has to do with global food prices. This deserves close monitoring as there is some historical correlation between global food prices, and measures of geopolitical risk. Think about countries with large populations living around the poverty line, which may be vulnerable to social unrest if the recent drastic repricing of food products were to persist over time. So in summary, Dan, we think our baseline scenario of moderate inflation, economic reopening, accelerated vaccination drive is pretty good for emerging market assets, particularly in the context of an increase in commodity prices. Now, risks do exist. One is watch very closely what happens with the the Fed. Second is watch closely what happens with food prices, in particular in some of the um, uh, countries with with more vulnerable populations. Well, thank you, Alejo, for that clarity. I know you highlighted the Fed a couple of times. We have that key policy meeting coming up mid-month here in June, so that will certainly be something that we'll keep a close eye on. So, all right, so that covers the equity side of things. Now, in consideration of the inflation picture you have painted for us, Alejo, how should investors position in emerging market bonds? Certainly. While we do expect that the prevailing macro environment is conducive of solid earnings growth and higher prices for EM equities, we are a bit more cautious uh, on the fixed income side. When you look at spreads on sovereign and corporate bonds in U.S. dollars from the emerging markets, 
This have compressed quite a bit in recent months and currently stand at fair to expensive levels in our analysis. Add to that upward trending U.S. Treasury rates and uh, you have a significant headwind to total returns looking six to 12 months out. So all in, we expect emerging market bonds to deliver low to single digit returns over the next year. Uh, it's a fine return expectations, but nothing spectacular, nothing to pound the table on. When you look at the local currency side of the equation in emerging markets, yields have increased as of late, but we don't find them outright attractive just yet. So um, all in, then we are more on the neutral side of things. As you know, the CIO is uh, more constructive on equities overall globally vis-a-vis fixed income, and this is a conclusion that also applies to the emerging markets side of things. Thank you, Alejo. So at this point, our listeners, our clients have a much better understanding of the inflation picture in the emerging markets, as well as the implications to both stocks and bonds. So as we begin to wrap up our conversation this morning, uh, maybe we can pivot over to some key political developments. I know your team, Alejo, has been following some country-specific developments very closely. So how relevant, Alejo, are the elections taking place this weekend in both Mexico and Peru? That's right, Dan. Uh, We have a pretty uh, important um, weekend ahead of us with relevant uh, electoral contests taking place uh, in in these two countries. Starting with Peru, um, you know, for context, the country has enjoyed years of relative stability and sound economic growth before the COVID shock. But the reality is that Peru's institutional political and economic environment could uh, look very different on the other side of the pandemic and the ongoing electoral cycle. Specifically regarding this weekend, Pedro Castillo, uh, an extreme left candidate, will face right of center Keiko Fujimori uh, in a presidential runoff uh, vote uh, on, on Sunday. Castillo promises a radical shift away from Peru's long-standing orthodox policy path and his platform appears very damaging to the outlook for the Peruvian economy. Should he win, however, he might be forced to moderate, uh, given, his party, given his party's limited representation in Congress. Castillo would also inherit a country in a relatively strong fundamental standing in terms of overall debt and international reserve levels, as well as, well as the overall health of its banking system. From an investment perspective, Peruvian assets have by now largely, yet not fully, priced in a Castillo victory where he moderates his stance once in office, a scenario in which he attempts to stick to his campaign promises, a successful attempt to reform Peru's constitution, for instance, does not seem to be reflected in current valuation and there could be more downside. Moving on to Mexico, uh, the country will hold midterm elections on Sunday. All 500 seats in the lower house are up for grabs, as well as 15 governorships and thousands of municipal posts. We think the most likely scenario is one in which the ruling Morena party maintains an absolute majority in the lower house, yet loses a qualified majority. In our view, this is constructive for Mexican assets, 
We think by and large, there's more upside for Mexican assets in coming months on the back of an economy that uh, recovers, very much helped by the U.S. economic recovery and the U.S. monetary and fiscal policy stance. Entertaining weekend ahead for emerging markets. It sure sounds that way, Alejo, but very productive, timely conversation this morning on the podcast. Inflation, of course, a point of interest and concern for investors. So it's helpful to know about the implications to EM assets, as you outlined for us. And very interesting to learn about some of these political developments and upcoming milestones that, of course, we'll continue to track very closely. But always great catching up with you here on the podcast. Alejo, thank you for your time, your insight today and we'll look forward to continuing the conversation with you again soon. Always great to be here. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Alejo. Appreciate it. And again, today we've been joined by Alejo Zerwanko, the Chief Investment Officer for Emerging Markets Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So as a reminder to our clients and listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO, including the publication that Alejo has been making reference to on the podcast today. This is the monthly flagship from the Emerging Markets team, Investing in Emerging Markets, the title for the month of June, Reflation Opportunities and Risks. So again, that publication is now available up on UBS.com forward slash CIO. Though if you are a client of UBS, you can also contact your financial advisor if you would like to learn more about the topics covered on the podcast today, or if you would like to receive a copy of that monthly flagship investing in emerging markets directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.